Adopting? So are we! Check out the all-new Adopting.com for great adoption resources and support. Listen to all our podcasts for tips and info on the adoption topics you want to know about. Whether you're an adoptive parent, adoption professional, or just someone who lives adoption, there's a community waiting for you at Adopting.com. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to Adopting the Podcast. As always, I'm so excited to be your host for this journey. I'm Nicole Witt, Executive Director of the Adoption Consultancy, where we guide pre-adoptive parents step-by-step through the adoption journey. In Adopting the Podcast, we're going to focus on the issues, questions, and concerns you have as you get started in your adoption journey. This is for people just considering adoption, brand new to adoption or very early in the process who are trying to get their questions answered and figure out their best path forward. Also to kind of learn about what to expect and how the process works. Today, we're talking about openness in adoption, what it is, what it looks like, and how it works, even if you've adopted more than one child and have different levels of openness with their separate birth mothers or birth families. Today, I'm thrilled to have as my guest, my friend and longtime adoption colleague, Tim Elder. Tim is the founder of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, blog, and online community. Tim and his wife, Tisha, have dealt with infertility, miscarriage, and two bouts with cancer on their way to adopting their three kids as newborns. Tim's mission is to deliver hope and inspiration through his guides, his courses, and his community so others just like him can finally reach their dream of building a family through infant adoption. Thank you so much for being my guest today, Tim. Hey, Nicole. My pleasure. It's so great to be here with you. Uh, it's You're right. We've been uh, doing this for a while and known each other for a while, and I, I think you've done a great job with everything you've done, especially with the podcast. So, congrats. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Okay, why don't we start by defining openness, especially since many people use the terms a little bit differently. Can you share with us your definitions of open, semi-open, and closed adoption? Yep, yep. I mean, let's start with closed because that's kind of the most scariest, uh, or maybe not the most scariest, but the most the one that most people kind of gravitate towards. To at least that's what we did when we first started. Like, oh, closed, mm-hmm. yeah which means no contact with birth family and maybe even, or maybe just a limited knowledge of them even. Right. And for us, uh, that's what we initially wanted and we can get into that more in a bit, but that's what we thought, Oh, that's perfect. We don't want any contact. We don't want to have to deal with anybody, which is really opposite of what's best for the child. And it, thankfully closed is very rare these days. So semi-open or having some kind of contact is where a lot of adoptions end up at. And it's just having some kind of a contact, either it be text or, or phone calls or maybe some social media contact, but having some kind of a relationship uh, that is limited, but still there. And then open, it can mean a lot of different things, but the openness is a relationship you have with your child's birth family, typically the birth mother, although in our case, it's not always just the birth mother. But having that kind of a contact and, and this the kind of the type and the amount can vary, but it's a relationship. It's a it's a lifestyle, it's an attitude, it's cultivating them as your child's birth family and integrating them into your family, which is what we've tried very hard to do. It can be so good for the child and the birth family and really the adoptive family too. It's uh, for us, we're so glad we made the right choice in accepting openness. And but that's kind of the brief ex- explanation of all three. 
Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. And and just to kind of circle back to a couple of things you said, I, I do think that at least, you know, with a lot of people I, I speak to as well, in the beginning, they kind of very much lean towards closed adoption, because they almost think of more open adoption as sort of co-parenting, right? And that's not what they want after their whole journey to become parents. They want to be the parents. So I think it's so important to understand, as I'm sure we're going to get into, that openness is not in any way co-parenting. And, you know, closed adoption, like you mentioned, it's not in the best interest of the child. And I think one other thing that as people are are going through the match process up until the birth and the placement, you know, closed adoptions are are highly risky. They're highly likely to fall through because, of course, if the, the expectant mom has no idea you know, what the family's all about that she might be placing her child with, what environment they're going to grow up in, what their life is going to be like. Of course, it's going to be much more likely that that she's going to get very scared about that at the last second and maybe not go forward. Whereas if you've had been building some kind of relationship throughout that match, um, that can help make her more comfortable and can make the, the placement more likely to even happen in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get more into your personal experience. So kind of like I was just alluding to in in my work, almost all adoptive parents have very different feelings about open adoption at the beginning of their journey than they do later in their journey. And often it's something that, that continues to evolve. So in your case, how did you and your wife react to the idea of a more open adoption when you first started your adoption journey? Yeah, it was very difficult because when we were first brought the idea of open adoption we were we were went right to that co-parenting part and thankfully our adoption professional was very gracious with us and patient and said well just hang on hang on that's not what it's about and they explained it more and they said you know this is it's the varying degrees of contact and really they just encouraged us to read more about it listen to some stories read some stories about what open adoption really is about and then just be open to the idea that Expect that mom just wants to have some kind of a relationship, whatever that may look like. And she may not even know what that looks like. And they kind of opened our minds to what an expectant mom is thinking because we had no idea, you know, when we're first starting our adoption journey. So that kind of helped us get a better perspective on, and especially the the benefits of the child. They went all through that and all the benefits of open versus closed. And that really opened our minds to like, wow, that does make a lot of sense. And we don't want that for our child as they're getting older. And so all those things, it took us a little bit of time, but it really, in the grand scheme of things, we worked through it pretty quick. Okay. Okay. And so I I think you've already touched on this, but anything else you want to say about sort of how that is different than your perspective on it now? Oh, tremendously different. (laughs) We came uh, 180 degrees different. Um, now we have so much openness with our kids as our three kids as birth families, and they're all varying degrees. But now we are we are wanting to share with them. We are wanting to bring them into our lives. We are wanting to spend time with them and talk with them and share our kids' lives with them. And they are part of our family. We treat them all that way. We want them to know they're part of our family, not just after the babies were brought to us and placed on our arms, but forever. So that comes so far from where we were when we first started learning about what open adoption is. That's awesome. And, you know, that's one thing that I I talk to my clients a lot about too. And and understandably, when people are beginning the process, they, they never believe this. But, you know, what all the information shows is that down the road, it's almost always the adoptive families that are looking for more contact. 
than than the birth mom is. Um, and again, that's something that's so hard for people to grasp at the very beginning. But um, I find that it's just so true down the road. As I mentioned in the introduction, you've been through the process three times over. How have you been able to navigate and build those open adoption relationships with all three of your kids' birth families? Yeah, all three are different. And one of them had a longer match, like three months. And the other two had very, very short matches of one with less than 10 days and one was less than a week. Oh, wow. So it was harder to build the relationship during the match time for two of the three. Yet they all have this aspect of of us being open to them and just saying, hey, what do, what would you like to do? What would you like to see? What would, how much contact would you like? And just having those really initially probably awkward conversations i guess but when you open the door to them and say just talk about it and they're thinking about it too so it's not it's right. not as awkward as we think uh, but just opening the door to them and having those conversations of what do you want the relationship to look like and and then actually just reaching out to them so all three of ours were different the, the one that had the longer match um, we actually went to visit them twice before our son was born uh, because we had such a long period of time and we wanted to develop that relationship and they were several states away from us they saw the, our effort of wanting to build that relationship with them and it just like you said at the beginning it just kind of made that connection strong as we went and so we got to be there for an ultrasound visit and they called us the second he was born so we flew there and uh, got there several hours after he was born and got to hold him right away in the hospital and spend time with them in there and just have all that really foundational relationship building with them. Yeah. It makes that time in the hospital so much more, more special and and more important. Right. No question. We could love on them right over there. You know, we could do things for them. We could show them how much we care for them and love them. And we did that. And especially with the two weeks of time that we had being state to state, we had to go through the ICPC, which is interstate compact with all the paperwork had to go through. We had to stay there. So we had that time, even more time to spend with them after he was born to work on their relationship and just hang out together. Right. So really cool to do that with them. The other two, not so much because we didn't have all that match time. However, we did go, obviously we're there when the babies were born and we got to spend that time with them still because they were in other states got to have that almost two weeks with each one of them and just build, start to build that relationship and, and talk about what's it going to look like after we go home and how do we keep going with our, our contact with them. And so it was really cool just to see them face to face, take pictures. You don't think about doing, but I mean, it's, it's really cool that we did that when you look back on it years later, like, oh goodness, we glad we got some of those pictures. And oh, yeah. those visits are so important because it shows our kids as they grow and we are telling them their story and sharing more of their stories with them. See, here's how your birth mom held you for the first time in the hospital. And here's where we are with them in the hospital. And here's after we left the hospital. So all those things are important in building the open adoption relationship not only with the, our kids as birth families, but with our kids, you know, show them the importance of open adoption. Absolutely. So as it grows and as they grow, they see it and feel it. Right. And to just, you know, have that history, right. That so many adopted children don't have, or, or you know, to, to even have that opportunity to get their questions answered and, and, and that sort of thing. 
you know, so I talked to many people, obviously, who've adopted already. And regardless of the level of openness in their first adoption, they're often very nervous about it being different in their next adoption. And the fact is, it will be different, right? Just like in every other relationship in your life, like no two are exactly the same. And I've even seen in some cases where, you know, one adoption is significantly more open than another, the birth mom in the more open adoption sometimes takes on the role as as birth mom for both the children. So you just sort of never know where it's going to go. But in, in your case, how are your relationships with your kids' birth families different from each other? And how do you manage those differences? Yeah, they are a lot different only because not anything from our end, but just for what they choose. So our birth families kind of choose, we let them choose really how much contact they want with us. So we offer so much and they're all of course, living far away from us, so it changes the dynamics a little bit uh, as far as boundaries go, because there's the natural geographical boundaries. But each one of them are different, and that's like one of them just uh, really, really don't have contact with our daughter's birth mother, but her birth, her birth grandmother. And that's just the circumstances of the adoption and her life right now. So that's okay with us. Uh, we're we're so much in contact with her birth grandma and that's fine and we do a lot of texting and we do some facetiming uh we haven't yet visited but uh, we put that out there um, she's not ready for that yet but the door's open our other daughter also doesn't have much contact other than through social media that's why she'd like to keep it through her circumstances and we're honoring that but we've had some phone calls with them and our daughter's been able to talk with her so she knows she's real it's not just a, a some pictures and some stories that we tell her, she actually got to talk to her and, and her birth mom said, Hey, you call me anytime you ask me anything you want. So that's a huge thing for her. Right. And then our son is completely different with his birth family. I mean, we have so many visits we've had. We went on vacation with them. I mean, <laughs> one story I got to tell you, it's just amazing because it was this, this past fall, our son's birth parents were not married when he was born. 10 years later, they decided to get married. This was this past fall so they invited us not to only to come but have him be their ring bearer <laughs> oh wow and so this was many hours away we had to we traveled but we took the time we made the trip we spent lots of time with them he was the ring bearer and a very small wedding we didn't know how small it was actually till we got there and it was very very small uh, but it was beautiful and we got to share all that with them and they said at the reception you know we wanted to share our wedding with our special day with the people that are closest to them and that just made us feel so blessed. So, oh my touched. gosh, that's beautiful. You're bringing a tear to my eye. <laughs> that is a beautiful story. <laughs> they chose us to be there because we're some of the people that are closest to them. So that's that's really, I mean, the most open <laughs> that we have in our three kids. Wow, that's that's great. Do you have any other great stories like that to share with us, Tim? That was really wonderful. Yeah. There was another one. So on our vacation, one of the vacations we went to with our sons birth family. And this was a their extended family. I mean, it was a lot of people and we had a lot of fun. Uh, but on the way back, it brought some questions. So we're long drive, right? We had a lot of windshield time and our oldest was asking us, yeah, come on, I don't have this wonderful relationship that we can just go visit and go on vacation and have all this time to spend with my birth family. So we talked about, talked through that a little bit and we're like, you know, we want that. We would love that. It's not really in her world now. It's not what works for her and her circumstances. So we talked through that a little bit and she said, this is before she ever talked to her. 
And we were like, we would love it if you could talk with her. And she said, yeah, I want to do that. So at that point, we had lost a little bit of social media contact with her, uh, not for anything we've done, but she had kind of changed her social media online presence, I guess is the way to put it. So we had to search for her. So we got back home okay. and we did some searching and I'm, and you know, did one of those things that you're not supposed to do is lay in bed at night and be on your phone. Right. But I was curious and I just couldn't let it go. So my wife and I were searching through social media and we found her and we saw the picture and we're like, that's her. She had changed her profile a couple of times, but there she was. So we're like, oh, okay, we're going to contact her. What do we say? <laughs> How do we open this up? Because we right. weren't sure we wanted contact. But we chose our words carefully and said, hey, we're just reaching out. Uh, if you want contact, we'd love to hear from you. And she almost immediately responded, said, yes, I would love to contact oh, that's you. Great. So we did. And we set up a phone call like two days later and had that first phone call with our daughter and and her. And it just bridged that gap and really connected her and allowed her to feel like, okay, my birth family's real. My birth family is there for me and I can ask them whatever questions I want. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And that definitely kind of goes to what I was talking about, how relationships are different, but you just manage each one for what it is and provide the child with the best that you can in terms of what they need out of that relationship. So that's really great that you're able to do that even in such, you know, wildly varying circumstances. So we talked in the beginning a little bit generally about closed versus open adoption. Is there anything else you want to circle back and add to that now that we know a little bit more about your personal experience with it? Or, or do you feel like we've kind of covered that off? Well, I do think that, especially in with your audience being new to adoption and maybe maybe hearing open adoption stuff for the first time, it really is, it's not as complicated as it may seem. And, and, and we certainly didn't get from, uh, we want a closed adoption to, oh, we're going on vacation mm-hmm. with our family. We didn't get to that overnight. It takes time. It's about a relationship. It takes work. It takes commitment, just like any other relationship. But we also didn't overpromise how much we, communication we can do. And, and that was pretty important when we were looking at our profile and we were setting it up in our profile about talking about how much communication. And our adoption professional is always like, well, just be open to it to be open to visits, open to uh, phone calls or FaceTime or whatever. And so that's all we did in our profile. And that was enough to make the connection with our kids' birth families. And they were happy to talk about that. They were happy that we mentioned it in our profile. So it's something to think about as you're starting your journey is just to to think about how openness, and it changes over time, but try not to overpromise like, oh yeah, we'll do whatever you want, 10 visits a year, because you don't even know right. But for us, it's been tremendous just with the medical history, knowing where they come from, kids being able to ask questions, and they know that's what's best for them. So I feel strongly that open adoption is the way to go just by living it. So I hope this uh, opens up some people's ideas about uh, what open adoption is and openness. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Um, and, and you kind of mentioned that you know it's it's changed over time. Can you elaborate on that a little bit in, in terms of how it's changed in your family as the kids have gotten older? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we we share more of their story as they get older. So we start as, almost as early as we can and sharing a little bit of their story, how we got them, and what we were doing, and where we were at. And so as we share more of their story with them, they start asking more questions, and we're not pushing open adoption on them. We're not pushing their birth families on them, but we are, if things kind of go for a while and we're like, Hey, we haven't 
they haven't said anything about that in a while. We just might broach the subject a little bit. Right. See if they're because they're probably thinking about it, especially as they get older. And we found maybe about that five, six, seven year old range is when they really start asking some more questions. So we've learned that just to kind of keep the communication lines open, but not push it down their throat is really how it's worked well for us as we tell them their stories. And as we share more and more about their birth families, it just evolves, I guess, just as like a relationship does. Right, right. Well, and and like we talked about, you know, pretty much everyone is nervous about openness when they first start the process. I mean, it would be wildly unusual for people not to be, probably even when you've done it a couple of times already. But especially like when, you know, before the match, when you can't even imagine who their, their child's birth family will be, you know, and what they'll be like. So do you have any top tips for hopeful adoptive families about open adoption? Yeah, I, you hit on one right there. It was just, it's going to be awkward. And mm-hmm. I, I remember when we met our son's birth family for the first parents for the first time. And we talked to them, of course. They sent us a picture and we thought, wow, these are the most beautiful people we've ever met. But <laughs> when we had to actually meet them, we met them at a coffee shop and we walked in the door and we knew it was them and they saw us and it was a bit awkward. And this was our second adoption. So, you, you know, we're not walking in there with the perfect comfort level. We're walking in there going, oh, what do we tell them? What do we talk to them about? But right. like anything, we're just keeping it simple. How are you doing? Especially the birth mom. How are you feeling? And, and just have to keep those things very little, very simple, and just start working on a relationship like you would with any new friend. So that's kind of our thing is almost embrace the awkwardness. It's hard to say that because it's weird to say that because how do you embrace awkwardness right. but you know what's going to happen and it will get better i guess is my really my my tip there and you do definitely have to roll with the changes as they come up you don't know what's going to happen maybe they'll only want social media and then they'll drop off like one of ours did and and you have to roll with the punches and not get too don't get too aggressive right. and find them and reaching out for them kind of let them open the door, keep the door open for them, I guess is the right way to say it. So they always know the door is open for them to come in. Their circumstances may change. They have, they're probably in crisis mode when the baby's born. And so hopefully their life gets better, but you never know. So you kind of got to roll with the punches on that, but certainly set some boundaries, talk about boundaries uh, as far as phone calls and, and social media. There's a lot of ways to contact now. So you want to talk about those boundaries as you go. And uh, certainly be careful of your child's birth story. And uh, we always protect our kids' birth story as they are getting older. And uh, we want them to know their own birth story. We don't want anybody else to hear the birth story. So there's always, seems like there's always some kind of circumstance in their adoption story that may not want to share. Be really sensitive. So keep keep mind of that as you're going uh, and building your relationship with your birth families. Yeah, that's really important. Really important one. Thank you. Um, and thank you just so much for sharing your insight and, and your personal story and experience. Again, listeners, my my guest has been Tim Elder, founder of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, blog, and online community. The best way to reach Tim if you want to connect with him is via email. And that email is Tim, T-I-M, at infantadoptionguide.com. 
or on his website, which is infantadoptionguide.com. And Tim has very generously offered our listeners a free month to his online adoption community. And that is at www.infantadoptionguide.com backslash community. But of course, listeners, most of all, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. I hope you've heard something today that has increased your understanding of open adoption and perhaps positively impacted the way you look at adoptive parenting. Take care and I'll catch you next time.